His and Hers Horror features two adults discussing horror movies, serial killers, and other spooky content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to His and Hers Horror. My name is Tia. And I'm David. And it's the best month of the year because it's spooky month. Yeah. I love October. I do too. I love the fall. I also love the fall in general. Yeah, it's getting closer to the temperature I prefer. Yes, exactly. I'm not looking forward to all the coats that we currently have in my store because they're just kind of annoying to tag and straighten. But cold weather, I love. I know a lot of people are really into like pumpkin spice. I love like apple cider. Mm-hmm. We used to do a caramel apple latte at the coffee shop I worked at. It was so good. That sounds good. It was amazing. Although I don't know how apple works with coffee, but... It, it didn't have coffee in it. Oh. We called it a caramel apple latte. It was basically just caramel syrup and apple cider. And like you could get steamed milk in it if you wanted, but I didn't. Hmm. I, it was basically just like hot apple cider with caramel. That sounds awesome. It was. It was amazing. We have some fun stuff planned for the month of October. Yes, we do. And we decided that today we are going to do a family-friendly episode. Yes. So we are going to be talking about stuff you can watch during spooky month with your kids. Absolutely. Because not everybody gets to, you know, sit down and watch all the super duper scary stuff that you and I do. Mm -hmm. Some people have to think about little ones. Right. Some kids don't handle spooks and scares so well. And not to mention the fact that you don't really necessarily want to, like, sit your six-year-old down and watch The Exorcist. Hey. Well, okay. Most people don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was me. That I know. And that's honestly, I feel like that's why you're going to offer an interesting perspective on this, because a lot of the movies that I'm going to mention, there's stuff that my sister and I, we grew up watching these during October. Like, Mm -hmm. these were pre-Halloween movies for us. Right. And I don't think you really did that much. No, I, as I've mentioned in a couple previous episodes, I kind of flung straight into the deep end of horror, and I turned out okay-ish. Yeah, I got good. I mean, we both had different beginnings, but we ended up in the same place yeah. when it comes to horror. So, That's true. And, you know. First, though, dun, 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 this week in horror. <laughs> is that growing on you? <laughs> yeah, it is. Awesome. Sweet. So unfortunately, I don't really have any horror news this week. There was something I saw earlier. This I need to start writing stuff down. When, yeah. I, <laughs> when I see an interesting article on Twitter or something, I need to start writing it down or saving it somewhere because I saw something earlier this week, but I cannot now for the life of me remember what it was. Hmm. So instead, I'm going to mention a game that recently got added to uh, it's now available on Xbox 360. I don't know about PlayStation 360, uh, not uh, Xbox, uh, Xbox One, yeah. the Xbox, uh, the gaming system that you and I have. I don't know if it's available on PlayStation. It's a Friday the 13th puzzle game. It's essentially like a sliding puzzle game where you are Jason and you have to move him around to get the camp counselors. Yes. It's very, it's a logic puzzle kind of deal. Uh, It originally was only available on 
I think it was only available on Steam for a while. It's now actually available on Xbox, I believe PlayStation, as well as iOS and Android. Okay. And before anybody panics, you can actually choose whether it's... Yeah, you can choose for um, it to be R-rated or PG-13, I think. Yeah. One or the other. Obviously, I went with R-rated, but like... You can you it, can choose your gore level. I mean, it's blocky, cartoony characters, but if you're concerned about, you know, if you want to play a game like that, but you don't necessarily want to expose younger ones to large amounts of blood or violence, you know, you mm-hmm. can you can kind of cut that down. It's by the same um, the same studio. I think it's Blue Wizard is the name of the studio mm-hmm. that did. They have a similar puzzle game called um, I think it's Slay Away Camp. Yeah, it's Slay Away Camp, where it, you unlock different. They're different killers that are inspired by horror movie icons. Right. That one I also recommend. It's very good. The only other thing I have this week, I have a couple trailers for you guys to check out. Mm -hmm. The trailers that I'm mentioning, three of the four are not kid-friendly, so maybe wait until they've gone to bed and then watch them. The first one is Spell, which we watched a trailer for last night. It looks very good. So we watched a documentary a few weeks ago on Shudder called uh, Black Noir that is essentially about... Um, black representation mm-hmm. in horror movies, not just in front of, but also behind the camera. Yeah. And they talk about, you know, they talked about like Candyman, Ganja and Hess and stuff like that. So I really love, obviously they also talked about Get Out. Right. I love so much. I definitely want to see more black representation, both in front of and behind the camera when it comes to horror movies. Mm-hmm. And Spell is absolutely that. Yeah, it looks phenomenal. It's got voodoo and it, the, the trailer is quite haunting, honestly, I think. Yeah, it's one of those trailers where you watch it and go, ooh. Mm-hmm. And uh, similar to that, where we're talking about representation in the media, there is a second trailer for Bad Hair. Yes. Which I know we talked about a couple episodes ago. It is actually going to be a Hulu original movie exclusive. Mm-hmm. But there is a second trailer that's online now, and that also looks very good. Yes. The next one I have is called uh, The Death of Me. Yeah, yeah. And that one we actually just watched right before we started recording. And I I couldn't tell you exactly... It's one of those ones where I couldn't tell you exactly what it's about. It's very creepy, though. But Maggie Q is in it, mm-hmm. and uh, Luke Hemsworth, who is one of the... Hemsworth. One of the Hemsworth brothers. And it also looks... Haunting. Haunting, and there also is that, not voodoo necessarily, but what am I trying to, th- like, I, I don't want to say alternate religion. Spiritualistic Spirit- horror. Yes, thank you. But that one also looks very good. Mm-hmm. The last one I have is kid-friendly, and so this is going to help us kind of segue. So they are, originally when I saw they were going to do this, I was very, I was a little annoyed, mm. because I grew up watching the original film. Okay. But then I watched... I watched the trailer for this movie twice yesterday. Mm. Uh, once at work, and then once when I got home, we watched it together. Right. So they are remaking The Witches. Yes, yes, it looks good. It looks really good. It's based on a Roald Dahl novel of the same name. And this one looks so good, you guys. Anne Hathaway is in it. She is the Grand High Witch. Uh, Stanley Tucci, Octavia Spencer... It just looks so good. Like, and, and again, I grew up watching the original film that they did back in the late 80s, early 90s with mm-hmm. Angelica Houston. Right. And so I was a little hesitant at first, but like, I love Stanley Tucci and I yeah. love Octavia Spencer. So I absolutely. And it, it sounds like it's narrated by Chris Rock. 
It, it does sound like it's narrated by Chris I, Rock. I forgot to double check, but it looks really good. And it's that one is actually going to be exclusive to HBO. Mm-hmm. It's going to be released on HBO Max. So if that's going to encourage, I mean, add, add HBO to your Hulu, and then you get bad hair and the witches. We're not paid by Hulu or HBO. I mean, we're not. We do have both of them, but like, that's for for work purposes. Should they decide to sponsor us, that'd be great. I know, exactly. Hit us up, Hulu. Right. So that is all I have for this week in horror. Are you ready to jump into the kid-friendly content? Yes, I will make every effort to understand it. Okay. (laughs) So again, a lot of this is stuff that I watched as a kid. Certain things I'm saving for an episode later this month or later on. So I'm purposefully not going to mention Nightmare Before Christmas. We're going to save that for December. Right. And there are some like Halloween cartoon specials and stuff I watched when I was a kid. I'm going to save those for an episode for later this month as well. So these are all these are all full length movies. Okay. So the first one I have, I don't know if you've ever... I'm Probably not. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know if you've ever heard of it. But you might have. I don't know. Uh, the Worst Witch? Does that uh, ring I, a bell at all? I've got crickets going on in my okay. head. Okay, cricket, crickets in your brain. So The Worst Witch, it actually came out in 1986. So the year after I was born. Mm-hmm. But it has Feruza Balk. Okay. Diana Rigg. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Ray, who was on The Facts of Life. Right. She actually plays two characters, one of which has pink and purple hair. Cool. And I'm honestly starting to wonder, like, of all the witchy stuff I watched when I was a kid, if that's why I'm Wiccan now. <laughs> like, if that made me want <laughs> Even though it's, like, a totally different thing. Like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I saw her pink and purple hair in a picture when I was doing research, and I was like, is that why I'm so into coloring my hair now? Like, I don't know. It also has Tim Curry. Well, that's a bonus. Every year for like a Hall- the Halloween or the pre-Halloween episode on uh, My Brother, My Brother and Me, Justin McElroy always sings. Uh, there's a song from this that Tim Curry does mm-hmm. called Anything Can Happen on Halloween. And he does it spot on and it's so good. I, I'll have to show you a video of it later because it's the most 80s thing that it's so bonkers. I'm down for checking it out. So basically, Feruza Balk plays this girl named Mildred Hubble, and she attends Miss Cackle's Academy for Witches. Okay. But she is just, she is, she is the titular worst witch. She's the worst student at the school. She's always late to class. She keeps having magical mishaps, like accidentally turning students, other students invisible. Um, She turns one of her friends into a pig. There's this one part I actually always remember where all of the, all of the students are getting their black cats. Mm Mm-hmm. And it gets down to the very last cat, and it's Mildred's turn. And instead of getting a black cat, she gets a gray and white calico. Cool. I know, but 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 it's supposed she's a witch. It's supposed to be black. Yeah. So it's like it's just one of those things where it's like another mark against her is that she's not even good enough to get a black cat. Stereotypes the movie. I well you know. So Charlotte Ray is. She plays two roles in the film, right. as I mentioned. Yeah. She's Miss Cackle. Okay. And she is also Miss Cackle's twin sister, Agatha. And Agatha's whole thing is she basically wants to destroy the school. I don't know why. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. Okay. But basically, Mildred uncovers this plot, mm-hmm. and it's down to her to stop it and to save the school before Tim Curry's character, the Grand Wizard, comes for a visit, essentially. Hmm. Yeah. 
I'm not, I feel like I'm not selling it. Well, it's super cute. It's very, it's very adorable. It's actually been redone as a television, as a, a television show for, I think, Netflix. Okay. There's, it's based on a book and then there's, there's several iterations of it. But it's one of those things where I watched it a lot uh, when I was a kid. I really enjoyed it. And it was, it's one of the few things that you watch with Feruza Balk where she's not all gothed out because she just looks like a regular little girl. I mean, that'd be worth checking out just to see kind of the before picture. Mm-hmm. She's so, she's an adorable little kid. Don't get me wrong. I love Feruza Balk. It's just, I've never seen her not gothed out. Yeah. Well, because you look at The Craft and American History X and she's got, you know, the dark makeup and the short spiky hair and Mm -hmm. yeah. No, this was all before that long, long, light brown hair. Wow. Yeah. It's interesting. Cool. So the next one I have, this is another one that I don't, so Cartoon Network, I don't know if they do this anymore, but they used to do this thing during the month of October where they would show, you know, Halloween themed stuff in the same way that ABC Family, now Freeform, Mm -hmm. does their 31 days of Halloween where they show, you know, spooky things, spooky stuff, that kind of thing. Well, Cartoon Network used to do it too. Mm -hmm. And this particular movie it premiered in 1993. It was made specific. It was made by Hanna Barbera specifically for Cartoon Network. So it's called the Halloween Tree. Okay. I, did I have you watch this when we got together? No. I might. Oh, okay. I I think you didn't seem interested, and so I just watched it alone one day. <laughs> what What is this Halloween Tree? So the Halloween Tree, it's um, it's written by Ray Bradbury. So it's based on one of his st- short stories. Okay. Uh, they, I know there's a longer version of it. Oh, you could have led with that. Now I'm in. It's not only is was it written by Ray Bradbury, he actually narrates it. What? Yeah, he narrates it. One of the other main voices in it is Leonard Nimoy. Okay, so so none of this pitch was given to me when you okay, first I'm mentioned sorry. this. Okay, I'm sorry. So we'll you watch... just said, "Hey, you want to check out the Halloween tree?" I said, "Uh, pass." No, it's it's very interesting. It's I love it. I love it so much. It's one of the ones that I will I try and watch every year just because I I love it so much. You're I usually watch it when you're not home. Okay, I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> that's why you've never seen it. But this year we'll watch it together. Okay, because I have I that's one of the ones that I actually own. The other there's other stuff I had to borrow from my mom, mm-hmm. but no, she, she and I each have our own copy of that. Cool. So the Halloween tree. Basically, there's these four kids, Jenny, Ralph, Wally, and Tom, who are all getting ready to go trick-or-treating. And they show up at their friend Pip's house, and there's an ambulance outside his house that drives away. Uh Uh-oh. And then they see what is essentially Pip's ghost. Oh, no. And they follow it to this big, scary mansion out in the outskirts of town where there is this big tree and growing from the tree are jack-o'-lanterns. And Pip steals a jack-o'-lantern that is carved to look like his own face. Well, the owner of this house and this tree is a Mr. Moundshroud. He's voiced by Leonard Nimoy. Okay. And he essentially takes the kids on a tour through history to basically teach them not... Basically get their help getting Pip because he needs his pumpkin back and also to teach them the origins of their costumes because they have no idea where their costume idea. They don't know where their costumes came from. Right. Right. Okay. Like, like you're dre- like Jenny, she's dressed like a witch. Does she know anything about witches? No. The kid who's dressed like a mummy doesn't know anything about mummies, that kind of thing. So it actually teaches a little bit of history also. And it's educational and it it's is. taught by Leonard Nimoy. I'm down for this. Exactly. It's Why so good. Why don't we good. watch this every week? I don't know. 
we can watch it later on if you want. I think it's only like in, I think it's maybe 90 minutes. Okay. If that, but it's very good. And I absolutely love it. But yeah, that was one of the ones on Cartoon Network that Jesse and I used to watch all the time. And it's really good. Nice. So the next, I feel like this movie, this movie also came out in 1993 and I feel like it doesn't really need an introduction. Because I feel like this one is the one that's obvious that everyone always thinks about when they think of kid-friendly Halloween movies, and that is Hocus Pocus. Okay. Yeah, I've seen that. You have seen Hocus Pocus. I have seen that, I'm sure. (laughs) Because I don't know anyone who hasn't. I saw it once voluntarily, and then the rest of the times, I'm I'm not saying anything bad. Kicking and screaming? I'm not saying saying it was kicking and screaming, but it was like the rest of the time it was meeting a new friend, and and it's now october and they're like you have to come over and watch hocus pocus i'm like uh okay and they're like there'll be food i'm like okay i'm down this is one of the movies that whenever i tried to have like scary movie nights during halloween Mm -hmm. i would have friends who didn't like scary movies so this was one of the movies that we would watch fair but again it came out in 1993 i was eight so i i grew up watching this for those of you who are somehow unfamiliar well, no judgment. Actually, no judgment because you know what we have. View- we do have listeners in other countries. I don't. Just because Hocus Pocus is huge in America doesn't mean it's huge anywhere else. We got twenty three other countries. <laughs> we do. We do. So so sorry. Anyway, but you all should check out this movie too if you can find it. It's so easy to find. That's the thing. It's 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 huge. So Bette Midler, mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker, mm-hmm. and Kathy and Jimmy. Yep. Play the Sanderson sisters, who are a trio of witches. And their whole deal is sucking the life force out of children in order to stay young and beautiful. So they essentially place a curse on the town of Salem and say when this when a particular kind of person lights a candle, it's the the black flame candle. Uh, Yeah, they will come back and take all of the children, basically. So fast forward like 300 years. Mm hmm. And this kid who's just moved to Salem from L.A. Hey, why you got to pick on an L.A. transplant? I don't. He look, He acts like a jerk sometimes in this movie. He acts like a real jerk, especially to his little sister. I've been there. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but he's trying to impress this cute girl. Mm-hmm. So he and this girl and his little and his little Max's little sister, Danny, go to the Sanderson sisters house, which is now is a, it's a defunct museum. Like it was up and running at one point. Now it's just kind of been closed. And as a joke, he decides to light the candle. Well, it works. And the Sanderson sisters rise from their graves and they have basically until dawn that night to complete their task of getting all the, getting the children of Salem, basically. That's a Herculean task. Yeah. I mean, they have magic on their side, so that kind of helps. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. It, it Doug Jones is in it. Yes, he is. And uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, Thora Birch is the, yeah. the the younger sister. Yeah, she's Danny. It's such a good movie. It's it's another one of those ones that a lot of people I know I know Kelsey specific. Kelsey's already watched it. It's only October at time of recording. It's only October third. She's already watched it. <laughs> I'm sure there are other people that are that are listeners or friends of the podcast that have also already watched this movie, but it's because it's just that synonymous with Halloween. If you're a certain age, basically fair. Yeah. So the next one I have, I know you've seen this movie because you've told me before you had a big crush on Christina Ricci when you were younger. 
Are we talking about Casper? We are not talking about Casper. Adam's family. Yes, we are talking about Adam's family. I decided not to include Casper because I haven't watched that movie in years and I've not had the desire to watch it. Yes, it's technically like additional honorable mention. There's a 90s version of Casper that that has Christina Ricci and Bill Pullman in it. You can watch that with your kids. It's also kid friendly, but it's okay. It's not my favorite. Specifically, the one I have in, on my list is The Adams Family, the 1991 Adams Family. I haven't seen the one that they just did, the animated one. Yeah, no, it doesn't have Christina Ricci in it, so I didn't really pay attention. It does not, unfortunately. It's also animated instead of live action. This one's live action. Mm-hmm. So this is another movie that I, again, I grew up watching this. a lot. It is rated PG-13, but a lot of the jokes flew over my head. Fair. Like some of the more adult jokes, they just right over my head. But essentially, Gomez and Morticia, who they are couples goals. Yeah, they are. To be perfectly honest. They are. They have been married for I don't know how long at the start of the film, but they are still madly in love with each other. They are wildly supportive of their children. They're just they're so great. They're they are, you know, hashtag couples goals. Well, and the whole family overall, I, I feel like as diverse and unique as each of the characters are, I feel like they really kind of help teach, because I, I like movies that kind of teach me something, mm-hmm. especially like remembering from my, my younger years, acceptance and understanding. Yeah, definitely. You know, Absolutely. That, even even normal people that, that appear in, in the in this series of movies, you know, they're like, okay, you do you, you know, that's your thing. This is my thing. Yeah. Don't judge. Yeah. So, so uh, the Adams family, the 1991 movie, mm-hmm. essentially Gomez Adams, the patriarch, is l- still lamenting the loss of his brother Fester, who has been yes. missing for like 25 years or something at the start of the movie. Well, these con artists basically decide that they're going to kind of try and play the Adams family to try and find treasure that is supposedly hidden somewhere in the house. And by doing this, they have a, they have somebody who with just a quick costume change, basically looks spinning image of Fester Adams. But the longer that this guy spends with the family, the more he starts to identify with them and feel not great about what they're doing. Right. But essentially the movie is basically just, it gives you like a, an outside view of this family Mm-hmm. and seeing how they are odd, but they are also a lot like your family. Like they still right. have, you know, they, they have dinner together and they still have, you know, arguments. The kids still play together. It's just, it's such a cute movie. I, abs- I love it so much. Wednesday Adams equals mood for me. Oh my God. Yes. Christina Ricci is Wednesday Adams. I'm trying to remember Dan Hadaya is uh, the lawyer of the Adams family. He's one of he's basically in with the con people mm-hmm. to try and get the money. Raul Julia as Gomez as just amazing. One of the top two roles that he's played for me. Okay. The other is M. Bison. <laughs> oh, from Fighter. Street Fighter. <laughs> he's the best part of Street Fighter. Honestly, yeah, he's the best part of the Street Fighter movie. Although Ming-Na Wen in a Chun-Li outfit is also great. Uh, Morticia Adams is phenomenal. Angelica Houston is gorgeous. Just the statuesque that I don't know how she squeezed into that dress every day. Ugh, I would love to have that kind of figure. She's beautiful. You're beautiful. Oh, thank you. So the next one I have, 
we talked about the witches earlier. We talked about the remake. Mm-hmm. So the original it was made in 1990, and as I said, it's based on a Roald Dahl book. This also has Angelica Houston. Yes. Because in this one, Angelica Houston is the Grand High Witch. Yes. This movie scared me so much, mm. particularly when they're at the the witch conference at the hotel and they all like remove like their wigs and their false noses and they they basically kind of let their hair down. let the hair down and, and let the real witch out. You know what I mean? Angelica Houston's Grand High Witch makeup it terrified me. Yeah, I, yeah it was it was uh, something. Uh, it's, mm, I don't know. So essentially, Luke, there's the, there's the little boy that we, we basically go behind this from Luke's point of view. Right. Luke, unfortunately, his parents die in an accident, so he is set to live with his grandmother. But he senses that there's something weird going on in the neighborhood. And while he's with his grandmother, she tells him the story about these witches and how they hate children and want to get rid of all the children in the world, basically. So they go on holiday to this posh hotel. And it just so happens that while they're there, this annual witch conference is also taking place. And the Grand High Witch has this grand scheme of putting this potion into candy that will turn children into mice because it'll be a lot easier to get rid of them if they're mice, basically. So Luke, uh, unfortunately, ends up being turned into a mouse along with a, with a couple other kids. And he has to basically get to his grandmother and tell her what's going on so that they can try and thwart the witch's plans. It is a very good movie. It has, it has its creepy moments. It, it does. It does have some creepy moments. Yeah, but stuff that's by Roald Dahl tends to, also, tends to always be very good. Ex- well, the newer Charlie and the Chocolate Factory isn't great, but, you know, whatever. So I know, I think I've, I don't know if I had you watch this movie or not, or if you thought, or if this was one of the ones where you were like, absolutely not. Uh, and that is Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. No. No? I've watched some of it because it was on. Yeah. Like, enough to look up and go, oh, it's still on. Was I watching it on TV? Yes. And, oh, yeah. I think you, that was you were zoning out, playing a game on your phone. Yes. <laughs> and we're just waiting for it to end. Pretty much. This is one of the ones that from when I was a little bit older, it came out in 1998, so I was 13. I was a freshman in college. Uh, well, then that the one, that's part of it, probably. Is well, it, it was... I, I don't like the new Scooby-Doo animation. You don't? No, I I prefer the original old school Scooby-Doo and nothing else. Well, and here's my thing. There are some good Scooby-Doo, like Scooby-Doo movies from back in the day. The problem is both of them have Scrappy-Doo. Yeah, I don't do. And I hate Scrappy-Doo. Same. Uh, I'm not I'm not a fan of Scrappy Doo at all. Yeah, because there was the ones I used to watch that I watched growing up was uh, Scooby-Doo and the Boo Brothers and uh, Scooby-Doo and the Ghoul School, but both of those have Scrappy-Doo. Mm. So, you know. But uh, Those are also what I would consider new the, stuff. Now, I'm talking the stuff from the early grainy stuff where they had, like, Don Knotts and Phyllis Diller. This See, Boo Brothers and, and Ghoul School was from around that time. I'm talking pre-Scrappy era. Okay, well, I have no... <laughs> look, I didn't make the darn thing. I know. So, I'm sorry. No, it's okay. But my mom's a big fan of Scooby-Doo. So we watched a lot of it, various iterations. She, I'm sure she would agree with you that the originals are the best, but we also watched these newer ones. Mm. 
And the thing I like about Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island, it is, it's the first one where the thing is real. Because the whole thing with Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island is this is when they're, they're adults. Basically, Mystery Inc. has kind of like parted ways. But they are coming back together for two reasons. One, Daphne's I think it's Daphne's birthday. And two, Daphne and Fr- Daphne is now basically the host of a television show. She's got her own show. Fred is a producer slash cameraman. And she basically wants to find a real ghost or a real monster because she spent so much of her teen years having the ghost or the monster just be a dude in a mask. Mm-hmm. So Fred, as a surprise for Daphne, gets the old gang back together. They're going to go for her show and investigate all these places to try and find something real. So they end up in Louisiana, where there is a rumor about this plantation out in the swamp that basically there is a ghost pirate, essentially. And it turns out that there are zombies that are that come alive every harvest moon on this particular island. There are also cat people Mm. and i know you're not a fan but it's it's really funny okay and also mark hamill does voice work in it so does tara strong this is all news to me because i just i just saw it was still on and i just kind of ignored it yeah i'm aware (laughs) i'm sorry so the i I love mark hamill and tara strong so yeah adrian barbeau is also does a voice adrian barbeau is kind of a horror horror icon uh, when it comes to various things, she's one of like I think she's considered a scream queen, but I'm not sure. Mm. Uh, she's in there, but not like she's not as high up there as like Jamie Lee Curtis or Fay Ray, but you know. So the last two I have, I was I was an adult mm-hmm. for both of these. Okay. So, but I I want to include them because I know some of our friends with kids, they have either already seen these or these are easier to get a hold of. Fair. I know Gray's son mm-hmm. loved uh, one of the ones that I'm going to mention. That's Coraline. Yeah. Yeah. Coraline's fantastic. Coraline definitely has uh, some significantly spooky moments. It's so good. It's like a studios is behind it. They've done some other stop motion animation stuff like uh, Kubo and the two strings and um, things of that nature. I think this was actually one of the first ones that they did, if I remember correctly. So it's based on a uh, Neil Gaiman book. Is it Gaiman or Gaiman? Mm-hmm. Gaiman? I don't know. It's based on one of Neil's books. Um, <laughs> I just say, oh, Neil's got a new book. Yeah. Like, I know the guy. I don't. Yeah. Like. So uh, Dakota Fanning actually is the voice of Coraline. Mm-hmm. Coraline, she and her family, which basically is just her and her parents, moved to this it's it used to be a house but it's now kind of been divided into apartments and she moves there with her parents so that they can finish basically her parents are working on a gardening catalog and she moves there with them so they can finish their book but because of their work they don't really pay as much attention to her spend as much time with her as she would like they're, mm-hmm. ju- they're just too busy Right. And, and, you know, it's understandable both from, from an adult watching it and, and from the child's perspective, it's easy to see both both sides. and Yeah. So she kind of does some exploring. She meets the, the grandson of the lady who owns the place. Uh, she meets a couple of the neighbors. And it just she's just not happy, basically. Mm-hmm. 
So one night she finds there's a door. I think it's in her room. It's either in her room or in the bed or in the living room. I don't remember which. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched this. Um, But she finds a door to a parallel world where it's basically like bizarro world Mm -hmm. where everything's the same, but a little bit different. And there's like bizarro versions of her parents and um, all of the neighbors, but they all are just, there's something it's in that it hits that uncanny Valley. Oh yeah, definitely. Especially since they all have buttons for eyes. That's the thing that's off putting for me. Yeah. But and it, it seems so great because in this world, her parents just want to spend so much time with her and they're doing all this great stuff. Her mom's cooking all this great food, but there's something dark and sinister behind the scenes. And it's just like every time she goes back to this world, things get a little darker. But it's so it's really good. I highly recommend it. Like a studios in general, their stuff tends to be pretty good. And I like stop motion animation just because it's interest. I find it interesting because there's just so much work that goes into it. And the art form itself has come such a long way. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. Yeah. It, Coraline's one that we've mentioned on this episode that I'm like, yeah, that one actually kind of creeped me out. Mm-hmm. The mom. The, the mom oh my god, the other mother. The oh other mother. Oh my god, yeah. actually, interestingly, she's voiced by Terry Hatcher, mm-hmm. which you wouldn't think Terry Hatcher. You, you, I don't know. Then again, I didn't grow up watching. Wasn't she on Melrose Place or something like that? Yeah, I, I don't remember. I don't know. I wasn't. I wasn't like. I wasn't watching Melrose Place. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. You just wouldn't look at her and think menacing. She just looks like such a nice person when you look at her. I think so. Mm. I don't know. I'm sure she's nice. Right. So the last one I have, uh, this one actually came out after you and I got together. Yes. So I don't remember. I think I watched this by myself. Yes. um, When we were slow one day because you, I I, I asked if you wanted to see it and you said you weren't interested. Correct. But then again, you also didn't grow up reading all of these books. No. So we're talking about Goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, the first Goosebumps movie, there was a Goosebumps TV show. Didn't watch that either. Yeah, I know. Uh, that was out when I was a kid. This is a, you know, full-on movie. Came out in 2015. I grew up not only watching the Goosebumps TV show, I also grew up reading the books. It was kind of, those were kind of my introduction into spooky stuff. If, if that makes any kind of sense. That and, uh... What was it? Babysitter's Club had some like murder mystery and haunted house kind of style books at one point in time. But that was it. Is that like uh, Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys? The Babysitter's Club? Yeah. No. Okay. I'll have to explain Babysitter's Club. I'll explain Babysitter's Club later. Boxcar Children also. Did you read Boxcar Children books? Uh, I think one. Okay. They also did like some uh, uh, mystery series. There's a lot of young adult book series that did some sort of mystery offshoot at some point when I was a kid. So um, uh, it was basically something that was not Nancy Drew or Hardy Boys taking a dive into Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys territory, if that makes any kind of sense. So like Sweet Valley High did it. Boxcar Children did it. <laughs> so did um, Babysitter's Club. That kind of thing. <laughs> what? This is such a tricky episode for me because I'm, I'm sitting here going, OK, I- <laughs> let's see. I got in trouble for doing a book report on Cujo. 
in fifth grade. Yeah. So that that's where I was at. You know, I, I my run of Stephen King was basically fifth through like eighth grade. By ninth grade, I hit Clive Barker and Lovecraft, and and so yeah. The things you're mentioning, like I've seen these things, like Sweet Valley High. Okay, oh I'm sure it exists. It does. It does exist. I, I I believe it exists in our world. I'm just <laughs> have had no exposure to that. Goosebumps. I mean, I I watched Are You Afraid of the Dark when I was a kid. Yes, Are You Afraid of the Dark was the best. But you know, mm. they read it. Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. I still want to watch. I want to watch the the read the redo. We'll we'll get there. I'm scared to watch it. I almost they have it at the uh, the used video store. Okay. At the mall, and I've considered just buying it a couple times. The original or the re- the the redo. Yeah. I well because they, mm. I I've looked for the originals and I have had a hard time finding them. So, but anyway, the Goosebumps movie mm-hmm. that came out in 2015. There's already a sequel. I haven't seen the sequel. But uh, Jack Black basically plays a version of R.L. Stein, uh, R.L. Stein being the author of the Goosebumps franchise. So basically, there's this kid, Zach, and he and his mom move from New York City to this small town in Delaware uh, after his dad passes away. His mom basically gets a job as vice principal at the local school. So they move to kind of get a fresh start. So he quickly finds out that his next door neighbor is R.L. Stein and his daughter, Hannah. And Zach thinks Hannah's really cute and wants to get to know her a little bit better. And at one point he thinks that she might be something happens and he, he thinks she might be in danger. Mm-hmm. So he and his friend sneak into their house and they find these bookshelves that are just covered in these in books and each one corresponds to an RL. As bookshelves are what to do. Look, I have stuff on my bookshelves that aren't books. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Don't. Ju- <laughs> I'm not judging. I'm just saying that's a great place for books. Yeah. Yes. Bookshelves. I have stuff on my bookshelves that are not books. And I have books <laughs> in places that are not bookshelves. <laughs> Don't stereotype books, David. I'm not. <laughs> so... He finds all of these books and each one basically corresponds with a, a real R.L. Stein book. Okay. And the weird thing is they're all locked. Like each one has like a padlock on it, basically. Mm, danger books. They are. They actually, no, they literally are dangerous books because they, they are locked for a very important reason. And that reason is they are keeping the monster that is featured in that book trapped inside the pages. So if you unlock the book, the monster comes out and chaos ensues. So basically what happens is they end up accidentally opening a couple books and having to try and clean up their mess. Zoinks! It's, oh my gosh, it's so good. And it's it's one of those ones where if you grew up with the books... Or And even if you just grew up watching the TV, the original TV series... It harkens back to a lot of those moments because you've got you've got Slappy the dummy, who I know we've mentioned before. Um, you've got the there's one book that has like a giant praying mantis. There's werewolves. There's there's an abominable snowman. There's my favorite. One of my favorites is like the little um, 
I'm trying to remember if this is in the first one or the second one. It's uh, gummy bears that try and eat you. That that sounds nightmarish. Yeah, there's a vampire poodle. That's adorable. Yeah, it's kind of cute. I've seen a vampire corgi. I haven't seen a vampire poodle. Yeah. You've, uh, we've seen vampire... Also vampire Pomeranians. Or, yeah, that's what it was. It was a Pomeranian. Was a Pomeranian. Yeah. That is not a kid-friendly movie. No, Blade Trinity is not a kid-friendly movie. So let's save that. I'm not even sure I'm old enough to watch Blade Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> but the goose, the the Goosebumps, the 2015 Goosebumps movie is very good. I I liked it. It was very it was very cute. It was very sweet. It's it's one of those ones that I if 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 my niece or nephew wanted was like, hey Aunt Tia, can we watch this? I would. I would at least, because you know, sometimes you watch a movie with a kid, like you're babysitting, or mm-hmm. it's your, you yeah, know, your yeah. own children, or your, or your niece or your nephew, and you watch a movie with them because they want to watch it, but you're not really into it. Yes, I am 100% familiar with that. Yes. This is one of those ones where it's it's entertaining for kids and adults, I think. all uh, Basically, all of the ones that I've included, in my opinion, they're entertaining for kids and for adults. Especially it's, when there's that nostalgia hearkening back. Exactly. Because if you, if you have a background with the Goosebumps TV series and the Goosebumps books, then you're like, oh, I get this and you're being exposed to it new now. It's, I have- it, you're sharing something with, your, with the kids in your life, mm. basically. It's the, in the same way that you would do with, you know, the original Star Wars movies mm. or, you, you know, stuff that you grew up watching you would want to share with, you know, your niece or your nephew or your kid or godchild or what what have you. I'm running through a list of every movie I remember seeing as a child and yeah, they're not making it into the episode. Well, yeah, that's but there's there's some stuff and that that's the last movie I have, so we're going to go on a bit of a thing here. Well, there actually no. There was one uh there's uh one episode of Scooby-Doo that if it came on, I actually would change the channel. The The episode of Scooby-Doo I remember the most is the, the episode with the creeper. And that's just because he would be like, creeper. Mm. I don't know why that just stuck in my brain. It just always did. Um, but my, going... Mine was mine was the one at the uh, recording studio with Ace Decade. Oh, it, yeah. Uh, you, would, you would see it. Um, it was the big kind of shocky orange looking... Yes. Creature? Yeah. Yeah. That episode, for some reason, it, there was something about it that just... It hit it, you wrong? It hit, it hit me wrong, and I'm like, nope, not today. Yeah. No, I got that. No, going... So going back to... When it comes to sharing to sharing stuff like that, that's something that I feel like my mom mm-hmm. really tried to do with my sister and I. Because there is stuff that we... I, I distinctly remember watching that I... If she hadn't gotten it for us and like it was one of those things where like oh this is something i watched when i was your age and that kind of deal it i probably would never have been exposed to it Mm. um so there are some like like particularly older live action disney movies so um candle shoe and um one of my absolute favorites actually this is probably the movie i attribute with being wiccan now um bed knobs and broomsticks Okay. Yeah, Angela Lansbury classic. It's so good. Oh my gosh, one of my one of my all time favorites, definitely. 
And then there were other like the the Herbie the Love Bug movies and um, the Absent Minded Professor, just stuff like that. And then when we were a little bit older, she got really into buying like the old Abbott and Costello monster movies. Yes. And there's um, one in particular with, um, I, I know I've mentioned this movie also before. I think I mentioned it in our horror comedies episode. Mm-hmm. And that was um, the private eyes. Yeah. Which has, it's basically a English countryside murder mystery farce with Don Knotts and Tim Conway. And it plays on that all all of the tropes of the the English countryside murder kind of the kind of deal. The thing that I love about that, and I think this is also probably one of my mom's favorite things, is that every time the every time another character gets killed and their body is discovered, the killer leaves a poem, and the poem rhymes except for the last line. Now, is that considered family friendly though? It is. It is family. It is okay. considered family friendly. I don't think there's anything. There's not anything objectionable that I can remember. Let's see, that's why y'all can't let me be the be the judge of what's objectionable because I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm not even going to mention the movies because this is a family friendly episode. But yes, but you know, I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that, and people are like, are you? Where do we start? Yeah, so we're like, yes, there is. <laughs> I mean, when I was in the Navy, I I we were our ship was in dry dock. Yes, this is a this is a very short sea story. Okay. That is family friendly. We our ship was in dry dock, so we were in like barracks, and I had a roommate. And uh, my roommate was like, "Hey, you want to watch a movie? You know, I've I've got my you know PlayStation plugged in." And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, here, let let's put in this movie." And I put in a classic by uh, William Friedkin. Oh gosh. And I was not aware that my roommate really hadn't seen much in the way of horror and he was shook yeah you like, gotta ease people into that stuff like, man he called his mom when the movie was over oh because he was afraid sweet. he couldn't fall asleep we, we we were men in the navy and i and i'm sitting here going dude you okay i'm sorry he's That's like so no 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 I, I i'm glad i'm glad i was exposed to it in a safe space but I mean, it's a movie from the Still, 70s. Well, yeah, but, you know, there's some stuff that, I don't know. I I have a list of classics that I will share with uh, with Chloe once she gets older. Mm-hmm. I'll share them with Caden if he's interested, but, but if he doesn't, I mean, she's more into the spooky stuff. Right. So Halloween is the, is going to be a little bit different this year. I don't think trick-or-treating is going to be a thing. Yeah, probably so, not. So I kind of wanted to... I kind of wanted to get the kiddos each something mm-hmm. that was like spooky themed. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding it very difficult because <laughs> there's not really anything that I can think of that either of them. Like I, I texted my sister and I was like, does Chloe like the Goosebumps books? And she waited until she got home from school and asked her and she was like, no, not really. I'm like, all right, well, darn. Why are you? <laughs> Chloe and I represent no she i bought her the books before she just she apparently she bounces between what she reads quite quickly which is similar to me in that vein but yeah i don't know i I may just end up getting them candy who knows candy's always good as long as it's not from the witches well no because then they'll turn into mice 
I well, it, it'll be from a witch, but well, I don't yeah. put I don't put mice. I don't want my niece and nephew to turn into mice. That's, no, no, I like them the way they are. But I that's I don't know. I went on a tangent again, and I apologize. I can only apologize. But I do also want to point out, no, we haven't sworn once. Yeah, this has been a completely clean episode. I'm uh, so proud of us. Saves so much down <laughs> down down the line in editing. I am I am proud of us. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. I'm gonna swear up a storm when we're done recording. Well, maybe not. Maybe just to get it out. Mm. The only other time I have to keep it in this much is when I'm at work. Mm. Because I feel like my place of employment would frown upon swears on at, at, more than likely. Yes. Yeah, probably. So, anyway, fist bump. Yeah, we did it. Uh, you say potato. I went French fries, but you, you know. French fries. What is that from? What were we watching that that's from? That's from Far Cry 4. Oh, it's 4. from Far Cry 4. Herc does it. <laughs> now, I, I don't know. <laughs> anyway. So, you can uh, you can follow us on Twitter mm-hmm. at H2HorrorCast. Uh, you can email your suggestions for tropes or movies or just drop us a line at our email. We're h2horrorcast at gmail.com. We are on so many platforms right now, you guys. It is insane. Yeah. We are still, of course, we're on Anchor, which is our which is our main, our main platform. And we want to thank them for continuing to have us. Uh, we also are available on Spotify. We are on... I think Podcast Addict is one of them. Yeah. And we recently got added to Amazon Music. Yeah, we, we got, uh, we're got we also on Apple. Yes, we are. And one thing I do want to mention, mm-hmm. um, I've been, I keep forgetting to mention this. So if you have an iTunes, if you listen to us on iTunes or you have an iTunes account and you want to help us out, you can leave us a review. And that actually, the way that... Basically, the more review, the more positive reviews we get, the the more likely they are to suggest us. The better it, the better it goes for us in the end because of the way the algorithms work. So, I don't know this guy Al, but you know. <laughs> so yeah, if you would, if you want to help us out, just leave a pop onto iTunes and leave us a review. That will be super amazing. I don't know if Amazon Music has a way to do reviews. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe we'll look into that. But anyway, until next time, we wish everybody a safe and happy spooky October. Yes. And I am Tia. And I'm still David. And thank you for listening. Bye. Music for this episode was Out of Time by Shane Ivers of Silverman Sound. Our artwork was created by Catherine Nixon.